0: The first reading is from Isaiah, chapter three, and verses 16 to 21. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there. Never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honour me, the jackals and the owls because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. The people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. For the second reading... As George said, it's going to be a little bit different. So just let's walk through from Swanley all the way to Bethany. And imagine. Six days before the Passover, Jesus went to Bethany. The home of Lazarus. The man he had raised from death. They prepared a dinner for him there which Martha helped to serve. Lazarus was one of those who were sitting at the table with Jesus. Then Mary took half a litre of a very expensive perfume made of pure nard, poured it on Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. I was, I was going to, just waiting to see that bit. <laughs> <laughs> the sweet smell of the perfume filled the whole house. One of Jesus' disciples, Judas Iscariot, the one who was going to betray him, said, Why wasn't this perfume sold for 300 silver coins, the money given to the poor? He said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He carried the money bag and would help himself from it. But Jesus said,
1: Leave I alone. Let her keep what she has for the day of my burial. You will always have poor people with you, but you will not always have me.
0: A large number of people heard that Jesus was in Bethany, so they went there, not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the death. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus too, because on his account, many Jews were rejecting them and believing in Jesus. May God bless his word to us.
1: Amen. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you this morning. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Father, Lord Almighty, that Lent reminds us of the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything that he did for us, he gave himself that we might leave. And so, Lord, this morning we pray, give us, Lord, that knowledge. Give us, Lord, that sense. That you have never left us. You're always thinking about us. Even when people around us, Lord, seek to put us down. That you are there to defend us. And so, Father, speak to us once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, we're talking about releasing the fragrance of Christ. Releasing the fragrance of Christ and if you um want to switch over this way um to this other line that will give us lovely so you can see that aroma that is coming up you know paul the apostle wrote to the people of corinth believe us there and he was telling them that you are the aroma of Christ. We all are the aroma of Christ. But a story came to mind as I was preparing this sermon. And that was what happened many years ago. And it was a young man who came to faith. Very wealthy young man. And when he came to faith in Christ, he really jumped deep into serving God. And not long he was made um, the chair of the, you know, what will be like the uh, finance committee of the church. Now he got to then understand the struggles of the church financially. There were wealthy people in that church, but they were not actually given. And so When he realized how much the church needed, he decided to become faithful with his tithing. And the first tithe he paid to the church blew (laughs) the roof. And people began to wonder, who is this? Who did this? Now, his relatives got to hear how much he gave to the church. They came at him. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Are you the only person who has money? Why? There are so many people here who could give. And you're giving all this money? There's so much that you could do in the family. Why would you give out this much to God? And he stood his ground. He said, God gave me what I have. And I'm giving back to God what he has given me. What is that to you? I'm doing what I should do for the family, so this is not the time for you to come and tell me what I should be doing when God has given me this much and I'm giving back to God what he has given me. So he stood his ground, but that left a very, very sour taste. And for me as a young person, I was just wondering, what do people think about serving god and then it reminded me then that i had a similar experience as you know i i think i was still my secondary school towards the end or maybe i was just you know freshman in the university but just about that you know late teen you know into yeah and i i i had we, we had a, a need in the Scripture Union Fellowship that I belonged to at the time. And we did a kind of fundraising. And I, out of my heart, you know, gave an amount. And when I went to redeem my pledge, the sister who was collecting this money said to me, No, this is too much. Look at this brother. Look at that brother. They are working. You are just a student. And they haven't even redeemed their own pledges. So why would you bother? And I was tempted to take back the money because I could see the sense. just like the other man later in life I got to encounter, you know, who was also being discouraged. And I was thinking, okay, well, yeah, and I remember actually saying, okay, I'll come back. <laughs> and when I went, yeah, I remember very well and it's coming back to me. I actually, from her persuasion, went with the money. But I, I couldn't really hold it because I felt guilty. So I had to go back to her and say, look, please, take it. I've pledged it to God. It doesn't matter to me. It's God's money. Now, look at what happened. Mary... And by the way, have you ever researched the name Mary, what it means? It means rebellious. (laughs) You know, we always talk of Mary, Mary in the Bible. You know, Mary listening to the angel and giving herself to say she's going to be the mother of this baby that she doesn't know anything about. And here Mary Magdalene coming to this feast, Jesus and his disciples were invited And then Mary comes there and she comes with this expensive perfume. Have you ever been to a room and you just say, hmm, what's what's that beautiful? Hmm, you know, the fragrance fills the room. And you're like, wow, this is beautiful. And maybe it's just a bunch of flowers that they've arranged that's letting out the fragrance. Or maybe someone came into the room, into that meeting, with an expensive perfume. And the whole room is really full of that lovely scent. And people are so like, hmm, you know. Beautiful, isn't it? But then think about it, you know, the other side of it. <laughs> you came into a room and there was this pungent, you know, odor. You're like, oh, no, come on. Let's leave this room. Because why? You can't stand it. Here Mary brought this expensive perfume to bless Jesus with. And his own disciple, Judas, well, we know what was the commentary that was given about Judas. His own disciple said, no, you couldn't do this. It's expensive. Why are you wasting this? The feet of Jesus? Why? We could have sold this and given out to the poor. Isn't that a wonderful thing to do? Give out to the poor. I mean, people in Ukraine need help right now, don't they? And in other parts of the world. And people are giving. That's a good thing to do. And so it, it would be, you know, quite foolish maybe to, to say to Judas, that's a wrong thing to say now. Because he was saying what seemed sensible. But the truth is, Judas had an ulterior motive. And it's interesting that they knew all of that, That Judas was stealing, and yet Jesus allowed him to be the chancellor of Exchequer for him. (laughs) You see how much God loves us that even when we are constantly and consistently doing the wrong thing, God's love is still reaching out to us. You know, Judas was doing everything he was doing. And the Bible says he was the one who was going to betray Jesus. And all of that was known, but what happened? Jesus, still led him to be one of his disciples. And I believe Jesus was just given an opportunity for him to repent. And it's very sad when God keeps giving people opportunity to come to faith, to turn away from their evil ways. They think God is, you know, stupid. You know, if God is not happy with what I'm doing, God should have struck me dead a long time ago. That's what I've heard someone say. But no, God is not out to strike anybody. Anyone who hurts themselves is by their own choice. Because God is always like the Father waiting to embrace us, to receive us. And so here, Mary is pouring out her heart. That is symbolic of her love for the Lord. She's pouring out her heart because what we see is just, you know, a, a, an example of what we don't see. It is her love that is coming out. The way people treat you is a representation of how they feel about you. Have you been to an office and you say to someone, good morning, and they look at you and they look away? And you're wondering, what did I do to this person? You know, maybe they've never met you before. But they have this kind of, you know, attitude. So the attitude is coming from inside. You may not have done anything to them. But because they have that kind of attitude, it's coming out. What is inside does what? Come out. When you go back home and maybe you have your roast dinner, as soon as you're coming through the door, you know, the aroma of that, you know, what is in the oven begins to come in and you feel like, oh yes, now I'm hungry and you want to go to the oven. Because why? It's filling up what is inside the oven. What's inside your heart comes out no matter how we pretend. You could pretend you love someone and you're smiling at them, but behind them, you are really dealing with them. That's what Jesus was doing. And here, Mary, we're talking about releasing the fragrance of Christ. Mary had been touched by Jesus. You know, the scripture says that Mary was, you know, I, I think it was last or Sunday before last when we had mothering, you know, Sunday service. And we're talking about the obscure women. And when we're talking about Joanna, we heard a bit about Mary there. That she was the person who Jesus cast out demons out of. And so this woman is now coming to express her love for Jesus. And by the way, Joanna was one of those who were serving Jesus with their resources. And it's really something we have to learn that when God has blessed us, whatever God has given us, Whether it is money, whether it is talent, whatever it is, skill that God has given you, God expects that you do what you use it to serve him. Pour it out. Don't hold back. Mary didn't hold back. We're told it's an expensive perfume. Very expensive. So Mary didn't, you know, some people count how much they give to God. No. Everything. We all belong to him. And so God expects that you open your heart freely. Pour out everything to him. Someone said the graveyard is the most wealthy place in the world. The wealthiest place in the world. Why? Because in that graveyard are buried people who had talents they never expressed. Wealth that was never used. If the person who had the knowledge to... I think uh, Graham Bell, even though some people doubt that Graham Bell was the one who, um, you know, first did uh, the, the, the magic, as it were, of people being in one part of the world and hearing others by telephone, you know. But if people like that did not think about it, today we'll not even have cell phones. Someone decided to say this is possible, even when they say it was impossible. And so there are people who always want to discourage, like Judas. And that story is interesting also. Someone else was mentioned, Martha. Martha is always serving. Here again we're told Martha was serving. And this is another way of giving. Some people may not have, you know, money to give, but they have their life of service given out to God. And here she was still serving. And think also of the man who invited them to this feast. He was also serving with what he had. And so the fragrance of Christ is the life that Christ has put in us. The Bible says, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. All things have done what? Passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So the newness of life of Christ in you is what the world wants to see, wants to experience. When you come into a room, it should lit up. You should light it up. Make people feel happy. Don't be a toxic individual who comes to a room and everybody wants to just disappear. Christ in us, the Bible says, is the hope of glory. And that is really what is important for us. We learn every day to grow into the person that Jesus has meant us to be. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 15 to 17, Paul writing, I mentioned that earlier. For we are to God, we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ. Among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. That is what we are. You are a pleasing aroma. God has put his scent in you. So when you come around, people say, "Mm, hmm, that's beautiful. Wow. What made you do this? And that becomes an opportunity for you to share your faith. To the one, we are an aroma that brings death. Now that's interesting. I'll come back to that. To the other, an aroma that brings life. Because there are people who can't stand the fact that you're a Christian. So for them, it's like, why is this person here? So they don't want to see anything about you because they don't believe what you believe. So for them, it's like an aroma of death. But in reality, those who understand, you are an aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. Judas was one of those who peddled the word of God for profit. He said, sell everything, sell everything. Let's just get the money. No. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity as those sent from God. So, to bring it all together, releasing the aroma of Christ is really releasing all that God has put in you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Not only the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but the fruits of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, everything. Yesterday we went to another training of the LICC. And and the theme for the day was about culture change. How a church could change its culture. Looking into itself and asking itself, where are we? Who are we? And why are we doing what we are doing? And if they realize that they are not in sync with the Lord. They can begin to take a step to change their culture, whatever that culture is. Because as a church, whether we know it or not, people outside us know a lot about us. Sometimes what they know about us is true. Other times what they know about us is wrong because of the misinformation. But we then have to make sure that we ourselves are consciously ensuring that the aroma that is coming out of this place is the one that blesses the community. It's the one that people want to, you know, to, to admire and say, hey, I want to have what they are having. Have you been to a restaurant and someone is eating a dish so lovely? Wow, you see. And they ask you where you're going to make your order. You say, I'm not sure, but I think I'll have what they're having. <laughs> It's unfortunate that if you have what you're having, it's not as good as what you thought it was. (laughs) But at least the person is showing that they are enjoying it. And the world around us should really see that we are enjoying worshiping God. Because if you make people know that it's a burden to worship God, they would not want to worship God. If you make people think that coming to church is really like, oh, this is something I have to do. Oh, it's another Sunday again. Why should I be out here? I just want to sleep. That's not how to worship God. You should wake up in the morning like the psalmist said, I was glad when they said, let us do what? Go to the house of the Lord. And you're coming to the house of the Lord. You're so excited. And if ever you miss a service, you say, oh, wow, I've missed it. Next Sunday, I must be there. Maybe because you traveled. Not just because you're curled up in your bed, you can't bother to get up in the morning. That's not it. You know, joy in worshiping God, you can see how many times joy was used, you know, in, in our reading earlier in the Psalms. So we have to worship God joyfully. Give God everything. And so for you now, what is it that God has given you? He wants you to release. What is it? That fragrance in you. Sometimes we knock ourselves down, but actually God is seeing beauty in you. God is seeing excellence in you. God is seeing, you know, glory in you because his presence in you is what makes you who you are. So don't knock yourself down. Mary refused to be intimidated. The more Judas was speaking, I'm sure the more she was pouring out her heart, pouring out the perfume to Jesus. And Jesus, can you imagine? Some people will say, "What? Why Jesus should understand what Judas is saying?" No, Jesus said, "Leave her alone. You know, don't be on that person's way. Whoever that person is, that wants to do good, like the people I mentioned, who try to stop people from giving." Don't be on people's way. Rather, encourage them. Don't be those who, you know, will stand to frustrate the work of God and you think you're frustrating a human being. It's not how to serve God. If you don't agree with something, say, okay, Lord, I don't understand this, but if it is your will, you know, let it be. Don't be, you know, in the way of the work of God. Jesus thought he was helping God. But no. Judas should have said, Lord, is is this right? If I were Judas, that's what it is. Lord, is it right? Let the Lord say, yeah. Because the Lord said, let her alone. Leave her alone. What's it to you? What's your problem? Why would you just let people worship God? Say, leave her alone. And maybe God is saying to someone this morning, leave her alone or leave him alone. Let them alone. Don't be on their way, whoever they are. And it's the time for us to open to the Lord to say, Lord, here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. May you be the one who will encourage others and not discourage them, who will pave the way for others to say, come on, go on and worship God, instead of standing in the way. You know, you can be one who stands in the way like a bouncer who wouldn't let anyone in at all. Or you can still be a bouncer, but you know the people who should come in. Okay? So whatever it is you're doing, our security, who is there, sometimes they even let, you know, stand in the way of the people who they are supposed to be guarding. I pray this morning that the Spirit of the Lord will open our eyes. To receive his goodness. My little friends who are here, this is perfume. I don't know whether you have any fragrance at all at home. You may not at your age. But you know, this is very nice aroma. And when you grow old enough to have one, if you don't have one yet, you will know that when you're going out to meetings to meet people, sometimes you want to smell nice you want to come in and they say, oh, you're smelling nice today. Why? Because you have this, you know, perfume on yourself. And what I'm saying is that your character as a young person can actually open doors for you. And that is the aroma for you as a young person. The aroma is your character. You know, that people will see and say, oh, wow, what a good boy. What a good girl. That's what people say when you act well. And when you are insolent, people say, oh, whoa, what boy is that? What girl is that? And they don't want to have anything to do with that person. Now, you're not going to be that person. I know you wouldn't because you're all good boys and girls. And I believe in all of you that wherever you find yourself, you will always be the person whose attitude and character will make people want to have you visit them oh, are you coming with him? Oh, he's a good boy. And that is what people always will remember of you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you today. Thank you for all the gifts that you have given us, Lord. Sometimes, Lord, we hide the gifts. Sometimes we become, Lord, obstruction to the expression of your gifts in our lives and in other people's lives. So, Lord, this morning we pray that we will be one of those who will encourage the expression of the aroma of Christ in us, the fragrance of Christ in us. Lord, may we not be those who will stand in the way of the expression of your gift. May we not be jealous, Lord, obstructing people just because we don't want them, Lord Almighty, to progress in the things that you have asked them to do. And so, Father, thank you. We pray that, Lord, you will gift your people in such ways that we will all allow that gift to be expressed. Is anyone fearful or afraid of expressing themselves? We pray that, Lord, you will give them the boldness like Mary Magdalene to stand before people and express the gift that you have put in them. And Lord, whenever we are in such a place where people want to stop us, may you, as you did for Mary Magdalene, may you speak to them to say, let them alone, let him alone, let her alone. Father, we know you always defend us. And so this morning, Lord, we bring before you our prayers of intercession. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. And as you taught us, now we pray together saying, Our Father,